the other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I hope you had a great weekend. Obviously, the talk of the town has been the investigation into Mayor Adams, including the rather shocking manner in which the FBI confiscated his mobile phone and other electronic devices. And a lot of folks have been asking the question, especially a lot of right-leaning folks, publicly and to me privately, is this... Adams being targeted because of his criticism of Joe Biden and the migrant crisis. And I have to tell you, and I've said similar things before, I don't think so. Honestly, I think Adams is just such a shady guy and his campaign practices are just so shady. Look, nobody is more skeptical of the FBI and their motives than I am. And the FBI is very capable of being political and targeting people for political purposes. However, keep in mind all of the other indictments and convictions surrounding Adams and this 2021 campaign. We have an indictment of his buildings commissioner, Eric Ulrich. Was that done by the FBI or the feds? No, that was done by the local prosecutors. We have these two brothers that use straw donors. They've admitted their guilt in this straw donor scheme. Was that done by the FBI? No, that was done by state prosecutors. We have the New York City Campaign Finance Board, which in spite of my criticisms and everybody else's criticisms of them, they are legitimately a nonpartisan agency. They were among the first people to call Adams out for his illegal fundraising for his inauguration. I think it was so blatant what these guys were doing. All you had to do was look. Now, I want to be clear, Eric Adams isn't guilty of anything, and I honestly hope he doesn't have to step down for a few reasons. One, I don't want to deal with Jamani Williams as mayor for a couple of months. As much as I like Jamani Williams on a personal level, he would be a disaster as mayor, especially when it comes to law enforcement. Two, having gotten to meet the mayor a few times, I do like the guy socially. I would hate to see him go through a, a federal criminal probe. And three, I think this would just be a horrible thing for the city, for a sitting mayor to have to step down because of a criminal investigation, the likes of which uh, we really haven't seen since uh, Gentleman Jimmy Walker or maybe William O'Dwyer. So while I'd love to see a nonpartisan special election, which is what would happen if there was a vacancy here, I don't think that this is retribution on the part of the FBI for what the mayor has been saying. For starters, Kathy Hochul has been saying some of the same thing. Just because the FBI is political, just because they do target people in a political manner, that doesn't mean that every investigation is political. Let's see what happens. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. There was an interesting article in the New York Daily News over the weekend by Chris Sommerfeld all about the longtime campaign compliance attorney that Mayor Eric Adams uses. Happens to be a friend of mine, fellow Staten Islander, at least he was initially, a great guy actually, a guy by the name of Vito Pitta. And this firm, this firm that he's a part of with his father, Vincent Pitta, is one of the most politically
directly connected firms in the world. So the New York Daily News does this whole article which they try to expose something shady and to the extent that they did, I'm glad they did. But essentially the gist of this article is about how the Adams campaign compliance attorney has been getting paid by the campaign for consulting work and for legal services at the same time as his high-powered government relations firm has lobbied the mayor's administration on behalf of a variety of private interests. Now, this is true. So, Peter Bishop Giblin, whatever their current name is, Peter Bishop Del Giorno and Giblin, they're getting paid by the mayor for campaign work, and then... They're lobbying the mayor and his staff for lobbying work. And people are hiring them because they know this firm is close to Eric Adams. And I don't like this. I don't like this. This goes to part of the shallow state problem in city government that I've railed against for years. Unfortunately, this is the norm. This went on in the de Blasio administration. It went on in the Bloomberg administration. It went on in the Giuliani administration. This is the norm. And it's not just with the mayor's office. This happens with city council people. And the problem is that this is perfectly legal. You shouldn't be able to lobby the same elected officials that are paying you. And I don't think that's a crazy thing. There are so many bizarre compliance forms that you have to fill out, so many ethics trainings you have to go through. I used to work for the city council. I know all these ethics trainings that you have to go through. This is something that is a pretty glaring ethical gray area. And the fact that they are not doing anything to make this practice illegal tells you everything you need to know. The politicians are benefiting, the lobbyists are benefiting, and their clients are benefiting. And as long as that continues, they're not going to change this. They should. The biggest problem with this isn't that it's illegal. It's that it's legal. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. No dice, at least for now. A state judge has invalidated the Nassau County government's approval of a 99-year lease agreement allowing Sands to construct a $4 billion casino complex at the Nassau Coliseum site. The judge ruled officials short-circuited the open meetings and environmental laws before voting. The lease is now void, and Nassau County planning officials are left to start new hearings with the county legislature and vote again if they want to improve it. The decision issued Thursday by Supreme Court Judge Sarika Kapoor is a big victory for Hofstra University, who was the plaintiff in this case, whose campus is located next to the Coliseum Hub and opposes the casino plan. Hofstra had filed the lawsuit in April, claiming that county planning officials and lawmakers failed to provide sufficient notice for public meetings and environmental review preceding votes in the spring. I have to tell you, I'm quite happy about this for two reasons. One, ultimately, I do think they'll probably be successful in building a casino there. But I think 
we need to slow this down a little bit. There's already such an oversaturation of legalized casino gambling all over the area. And you might be surprised to hear that from me because I'm a gambler. But yeah, I'm a gambler who has seen what gambling has done to certain communities. And at a time when the existing casino entities are already starting to see diminished returns, is it really wise to add even more gambling to that equation? I don't think so. But more important than that, the fact that these politicians essentially tried to cheat here. They tried to not follow the rules regarding open meetings and environmental review and good for Hofstra for sticking it to them and making sure that at the very least, if you're going to build a $4 billion casino where all the politicians have been wined, dined, and pocket lined, you better at least follow your own rules. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight 77 Local Spotlight. The first batch of migrants was bussed to Floyd Bennett Field's makeshift tent city in Brooklyn on Sunday. And the people responsible for this decision have done the unthinkable. They have united everybody. Everybody is unhappy with this. The people that live near Floyd Bennett Field are not happy, and neither are the migrants. The migrants that were bussed there wanted no part of this. So here's how it went down yesterday. Dozens of migrant families arrived at the controversial remote housing site, courtesy of the Adams administration, shortly after 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon. They looked around and promptly hopped back on the bus to try to return to their previous shelters. The New York Post, they quoted one of the bust migrant dads complaining, we weren't told where we were going. I work in the Bronx. My kids go to school in the Bronx. For us to live out here is ridiculous. We're going back. Another migrant father bust to the field said that he has been living at the Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, the city processing site for the migrants, and was heading back there. They're going to take us back to the train, so we can go back to 45th Street. We didn't know we were coming here. They just said they were taking us to a shelter. I cannot stay here. This is crazy. Unless you think that this is just the New York Post nitpicking people that are uh, going to make the point that the paper once made. I think that other media outlets, they spoke with the migrants and observed the same thing. So it is a bad situation, not a well-thought-out plan at all. You have about 2,000 asylum seekers from the U.S. border with Mexico. They're expected to eventually be housed at Floyd Bennett Field, which has drawn widespread criticism for everything from its remote location to fire safety concerns. You had State Assemblywoman Williams, a Democrat whose district includes the National Park. She was at the field Sunday and she spoke with a man who told her he was with the city's health and hospital system and had talked with some of the migrants. When I asked him why did they leave immediately like that, he said the people, they were scared. They weren't sure what they were doing here. They don't want to be here and they asked to leave. This is one area where I think the migrants and the neighborhood residents are on the same page. A very poor plan by city officials and at the very least, they should have informed the migrants what was happening to them and where they were going. Beam me up! To be continued. 